Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello, everybody. My name is Min, and I'm your co-host with my colleagues, Debbie and Lenore. And you're listening to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains, highlights, guides, and brings awareness about all things SDA in this ever-changing NDIS world. Debbie, Lenore, how are you? Hello, Min. Good. Very good. Debbie, you want to introduce Lenore, please, Debbie? Yeah, Lenore is our research assistant and... Most of the work that she does for us in the office is delving deeply into the data that uh, the NDIA put out, the quarterly reports, and producing all sorts of information for us, not the least of which are our SDA stats and reports on different suburbs and areas. Lenore, how are you finding everything in the last few months? Very interesting. It's a very new area for me. I have a science background. But I, I really love numbers and information and statistics. So yes, it's been do, a good place to work. And do you find I enjoy? Do you find this re, this reviewing all these numbers and research um, challenging or quite easy compared to your PhD background work <laughs> at all? Well, it is different. And uh, in the beginning, I found it a bit challenging, but now that I have made, I have compiled a number of reports, it's... A number, that's an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> quite a number of reports. It's it's interesting. It's really interesting and it's very varied. So, yes, I like it. So, we're doing this podcast because in our last uh, two episodes or a few episodes ago with um, Matt and Jess, we didn't cover a de- a much detail as to why... We recommend investors or our clients to to engage our services to do a report. Now we 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 work closely with Everhomes as well, another provider. They do the detailed report themselves from their end, but obviously with all the the high demand of inquiries from other people on data, we thought we'd do our own little um, version of reporting as well. Debbie, let's step back a little bit. What is SA three, SA four? Is SA two relevant? We'll give you the basics here, please. Yeah, sure. So SA stands for Statistical Area, based on the ABS, Australian Bureau of Statistics Stats. The SA2 isn't really relevant in terms of what we do. SA3 is and SA3, the SA4 is as well, because those are the areas that the NDIA actually break down their stats into. It's also the areas that they formulate their location factors on. So they're really important areas to understand. SA4, the larger area, is there's 107 of them across Australia and they cover population areas for roughly between 100 and 500,000 people. SA3 regions, there's 358 of those in Australia and they cover population areas of around about 30 to 130,000 people. Can you give me an example of a Sydney SA4 and then a SA3? Well, just to give people some 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 guidance here as to compare the two. 
Yes, Sydney SA4, we're probably looking, I don't have the names right in front of me, but I think um, you'll be looking at Sydney uh, Inner West or Parramatta. So that's an SA4. They're an SA4, yeah. So either side of this Parramatta region, it would be a small suburb or small cluster of suburbs, right? It would be a cluster of SA3s, which would be Parramatta, Marylands, those sorts of areas. Okay, cool, cool. Lenore, when you put together these reports, I mean, what are you trying to collate and put together for our investors to, to review? Well, there are various different things where, that we try to put to, oh, that we put together. So on the one hand, we look at the demand. So um, we are looking at how many participants there are in a certain area and whether they have funding, whether they are in a dwelling or seeking a dwelling, uh, what type of dwelling they seek. And then we also look at the supply, how many dwellings are there and what kind of dwellings are there, like build types, and how many places are available because uh, in some of the dwellings more than one participant is resident. And we also look at uh, the pipeline. So what is in the pipeline? How many dwellings or places are bound to come into the area, into the future? And also with the supply, we also look at whether the dwellings are or the buildings are new or older types. So the the older types are bound to become obsolete very soon. So we need to take that into consideration. Debbie, um, what do you think the challenges are from our end in using this data and other sources to create as good or up-to-date as information we can provide to clients. Because let's be honest, if a person went to the website and downloaded this Excel spreadsheet, which has 25 or 30 little tabs, they might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed, don't you think, Debbie? Absolutely. Look, it took us months to kind of be able to read that spreadsheet and figure out what it all meant. The problem with it is that there's a lot of really good information there, but there's also gaps that there's information we would really love to be able to have and we just can't get out of that particular spreadsheet at the NDIA just not giving us that information. So we can go through a whole lot of different of the tabs in this spreadsheet, different tables and calculate by SA3. So by those somewhat smaller regions of anywhere between 30 and 130,000 people, we can work out what the demand is, the number of participants there with funding, what the number, what the supply is, so the number of houses, how many units, how many are HPS, how many are robust, improved livability, etc. That's all well and good. It's not telling us how many participants have funding for HPS or for improved livability or to live in a unit or to live in a house. That kind of information would be so valuable. Unfortunately, I don't think the NDIA are ever going to put that out. So that kind of limits us with what we can get out of that. But even just to to get to where we are, it, it, you are looking at a number of different sheets and, and calculating and tabulating and extracting. The other big gap is in the pipeline data. Unfortunately, the NDIA only provide that by the greater SA4 region. So it's really broad. and what, they collate that pipeline data from the SDA compliance certificate that, or, or the and lodge the lodge certificates that are going in before construction happens. And by the way, 
lodgement doesn't guarantee that it will be built. Correct. Yeah. Although we've had, we've had this conversation with other people, and they're of the opinion that the majority are, but maybe ninety five percent of the properties that the NDIA report in the pipeline are going to eventuate. But it's just so broad. So we might know that there are, for example, a hundred dwellings in the pipeline in the Parramatta region. I'm I don't know if that's the case. I'm just pulling these numbers out of just as an example. But that Parramatta region could be for 500,000 people and cover, I think it probably covers about six different SA3s. So it's it's really broad. We don't know in any one of those particular SA3 regions what the pipeline is. So there might that, that pipeline might be all in two or three SA3s and nothing in the others. So it's really not telling us particularly useful information. It's better than nothing, but it's not amazing. Mm. I was just talking to the boys in the office here, our staff, about how the process is for sourcing and procurement. Now, we often get a lot of um, inquiries on the phone from investors. I'm like, I want to talk to your provider. I want to talk to a provider. They're going to give me reassurance. The problem is that you might have a small provider in a small little suburb, and they only work in that one small suburb, and that's a SIL provider. So, you know, let's be honest. They don't know everyone in the US, <laughs> you know, that provider in that all little small suburb. And most providers are small businesses with about, you know, 100 or 200 participants. That's all there is. If, if that, maybe 50 only. So if I can just ask you to pitch our listeners, uh, pitch in your mind, you know, a, um, a pyramid, a triangle pyramid, right? At the bottom of this pyramid are all these participants, the bottom, the base, the base of the pyramid image. And they get fed to, above them, to support coordinators and plan managers. And then they get all be fed to, above them, the... SIL providers, all the SIL providers on, on, on that layer there. And above this layer of SIL providers would be the SDA providers above them. And above this layer of SDA providers is the builders. And above these layers of builders will be people like us in Desktop Australia who procure builders and product providers to create SDAs. And from there comes to a layer of us who are consultants doing property advice and sales to the top of the peak of this apex being the investor, you. So there's a whole lot of layers of stakeholders in the whole pyramid scheme here. Pyramid is wrong word, but pyramid image of the layers of participants, support coordinators, plan managers, SIL providers, SCA providers, builders, developers, agents, consultants, and then the investor. So all this is well and good, right? But you know, even they don't really know the data. Sometimes a lot, they don't. Do you agree? A lot of these providers and stakeholders they actually don't don't analyze the data. They only know what they're seeing on the ground, what, what is specific to them. Yes. Hmm. So this is where we utilise the data from the NDIA. We also take into account what we know from talking to many of these different providers and builders and other stakeholders. So we also can have a relatively good grip on, on an overall kind of pipeline in different areas. Obviously, we don't know everything. We would never assume to, but we will probably have a better idea than than many others may. So we will also take that into account when we're writing our report and and our consideration of how we're reading the data. Yeah. Now, if you want to look at other data out there, you got the well, free data is the the quarterly report. Lenore, do you agree? The so we often direct Lenore to look at the quarterly report every three months. Yes. On top of that is the housing hub summary. 
once or twice a year on their analysis of the data as well. That's number two. Number three, we often will pay the um, Housing Hub for paid research, more in-depth data of this calling report. Four, we may even pay ourselves, the Ever Homes um, organization, to do their own research report as well. And then we do our own reporting analysis as well. So we always tell our listeners or our investors, here is two, three, four reports, macro, micro, and our analysis of the reports. So we are very much a data-driven scientific research kind of methodology in crunching numbers ourselves and doing the research to present a simplified uh, a format to you, the investor, how we see the numbers. Because as we said in our last episode with Matt and Jess about paying for research uh, or data reports, before you spend $800,000, dollars of your own money to buy a property, please spend 600 bucks, 700 bucks on some research or some analysis. It's called doing your homework, doing your research. Don't you agree, Lenore? Yes, definitely. Lenore, does it take much time for you to actually crunch the numbers and gather it all up and put it all in writing and summarize and all that? Is it a lengthy process? Yes. In the beginning, it was a much more lengthy process process than it is now because I have a bit more experience as to where where to look for data, where to find the data, what is important, how to organize the data. I have set up some templates that I paste the data into and that then self-populate with calculations. So it's becoming easier, but it still takes time. It's still it's still So we're talking to do if I put a request for you right now for Melbourne, Melbourne West, for example, I have done that. So <laughs> I know, but how? how That's a new one. How many hours? How many days? How long will take you? Probably a couple of hours. I would. So say. Something three, four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To do why they say three area. Yes. Yes. With pipeline. Yeah. So for now, speaking about the pipeline, do you want to? I mentioned before that the pipeline. Is pretty, you know, ordinary, the information that we're yeah. getting off the NDIS. And, yeah. and yes, we do have in some cases a bit more of intel on the ground of what's going on. But in terms of the reports that we put out, we do kind of extrapolate an assumption yeah. for the SA3 areas because there's no other way of getting yeah. a realistic figure. So as I said, the SA4s are a much larger area and it might be broken down in for example, into four or six or eight different SA3. So can you just tell us, Lenore, how you actually extract that information? Yes, we calculate the uh, proportion or percentage of participants in a certain SA3 area. And we do that by literally going into the the postcode demand, NDIA demand? On, yes, that's right. So on the Department of Social Security website? Yes, that's right. So we uh, find the postcodes for all the all the SA3s in the SA4, and then we determine the number of participants in each postcode, and then we add those up. That's then our 100%, and then for the SA3, that's then a certain percentage of this number, and then we extrapolate from there the pipeline data. Yeah. So it does become a little bit blurry. Also, you have to take into consideration that not all of the pipeline projects actually come to fruition. And there might be additional pipeline projects that have not been captured in the data. 
But still, it is much better to have this kind of trend almost than not to have any any data at all. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that looking at the the average numbers across each SA3 compared to the SA4 is going to give us a, a relatively accurate percentage-wise number of pipeline. It's not going to be it's not going to be absolute accurate and we acknowledge that. Yes. But, you know, generally the the builds, the funding follows where the participants are. There is and it does vary from place to place, but there is a, a kind of a general 3.8% as the current yeah. number of SDA funded participants across Australia and in many areas that number is around about what we're looking at in general. So if we then take it on the percentage of a particular postcode as our basis of extracting that information, then I don't think it's going to be hugely out of whack. I agree. Yes, I agree. I mean, there's no, in statistics, there's no 100% certainty, but it certainly gives you something to go by, something to, yeah, to work with. I want to, I've heard a lot of, I've seen and heard a lot of um, feedback to us and other people about the number 6.1%. 6%. Yeah. I have my own theory and I, I want to rebut those comments. They say, oh, no, it's on their forecast, 6.1%. This is actually a guy who was an actuary who worked for NGIS and came back to one of our other conferences we went to. And he said, oh, you know, this this data presented by, you know, your t- one of the speakers, which was, which was Debbie, by the way. She was quite an NGIS forecast. Eight, nine years ago, which is 6.1%. I think that's on the money. And I'll tell you why. If someone says, oh, no, it's only 3.8%. Yeah, I know it's 3.8%. I know that. But the forecast is 6.1%. And I think it's on the mark. And you, and they might say, why? It's only 3.8%. Well, half the people are actually kids. Yeah. You, you don't really give kids SDA because they're, they're still living at home with mum and dad. Yeah. But as they become adults, yeah. they fall into the SDA and statistics. Definitely- so that 3.8% will only increase to 6.1%. It may not be simple one exactly. I reckon it'll be five, five and a half percent eventually. Now, I have seen numbers in Sydney and Melbourne at six, seven, eight percent concentration in those SA3, SA4. I've seen it. But the average across Australia, I know, is 3.8 percent. Yes, we know that. But then we, we also had a very slow rollout of, it, of NDIS around Australia as well. So therefore, the 3.8 percent is currently, but it will only increase. I can assure you that. Okay. That's my personal feedback of how the numbers are for, the reported numbers are for concentration of SDA participants in the NDIS. Yeah, so at this point in time, we're still really working towards the 6% being the, the magic number. And and in fact, I was at a conference over in Perth last week and that was brought up again and again it was confirmed that as far as anyone can determine, that is still the number that the NDIS is sticking to. Any final words of advice from either of you, Debbie Lenore, about um, whether investors should engage our service? And by the way, our report service is only $200, by the way. So it's a very small price to pay. When would you actually engage our office to do a report for 200 bucks, or and when not to, I guess? Well, once you start to look into where you would like to invest, I think it's a good idea to find out whether there's how the supply and demand situation is in that area 
And I think it's very, very worthwhile to have that information. I mean, if you want, you can find it out yourself, but it'll take you <laughs> a lot of time and it's, it's not easy. Is it worth $200 of your time to do this? Yes. <laughs> I, well, it would be worthwhile $200 of my time. If, it, yeah. if I were to invest a whole lot of money, I think I would like to know the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we really highly recommend people to engage Ever Homes as well. I mean, they do it for 400 bucks. And their, their reports go, go deeper than ours for sure. They, they really delve into information that providers have access to that we don't. Look, and we recommend an investor engage our company, Industrial Property Australia, to do a report and engage Ever Homes to do a report. So two reports. That way you see two different uh, perspectives on what the numbers look like and that's it. As far as I know, Debbie, there's no one else in Australia doing reporting or SEA data like we are, apart, apart from Summer Foundation and mm. Housing Help, which is, which is more for a larger macro report, I guess. No one's doing the micro analysis yeah. of smaller regions, no. Mm. So, yeah, I guess final words is, yes, this information is readily available on the NDIS website. But look, you know, peace of mind, ease of mind, ease of collating your information when doing your research, if you, if you have narrowed it down into a, a property that you're looking at buying or a particular suburb that you want to buy in, get one of these reports and it will definitely give you an overview, yeah. a good overview of, of what where the gaps are and yeah. if they're good enough. If you go to our website, www.ndis.property slash reports, you will see the prices there on, on this and put the order in as well. Yeah, order form there on that page as well. And then Donna from my office, she'll issue you an invoice for you to pay the, uh, the amount and then we'll get the report done by Lenore within a, within a day or so, yeah. yeah. I think that's it, Demi, Lenore. Yeah, I think that covers it. So Lenore's going away for two week, or two months sorry, to Germany at the end of July. So, if, so get your report orders in now, please. No, we'll still be able to carry on the reporting in the background while... Lenora's away. We're going to miss her dearly, though. Oh, thank you. But uh, yes, uh, so yeah, we'd love to start seeing more of our potential investors getting this information up front and, and making a really good judgment on whether you're comfortable buying in a particular area. Done. No worries. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye, ladies. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.